Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by physicians in training, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. I'm Dr. Eddie Breyercheck. Coming up on today's episode, host Lakshman Swami sits down with Dr. Jeff Drazen, the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine. Dr. Drazen's distinguished career includes practice as an internist and pulmonary critical care physician, teaching medicine at Harvard and Boston University, research in lung physiology and asthma, and nearly 15 years at the New England Journal of Medicine. In part one of our series with Dr. Drazen, we discuss the role of the journal in modern medicine, its adaptation to modern communication, and the benefit it offers to clinicians, researchers, and trainees alike. For more information about the New England Journal of Medicine, check out NEJM.org. Welcome to Radio Rounds, everyone. I'm Lakshman Swami, and I'm honored to be here at the uh, Countway Library uh, here at Harvard Medical School. Sitting across the table from the editor-in-chief of the New England Journal of Medicine, Dr. Jeff Drazen. Dr. Drazen, welcome to the show. Good to be here. So, uh, Jeff, if I may, we, you have many appointments um, in education. You, you are a professor of medicine here at Harvard Medical School, also at Boston uh, University Medical School, and you have a faculty appointment here at Brigham, as you are by training a, uh, an internist and pulmonary and critical care physician. But we're here to talk about your role with the the journal, the New England Journal of Medicine, obviously uh, one of the most prestigious and uh, influential pieces of literature in medicine and just generally organizations. So, Jeff, could you tell us first how you became involved with the journal, maybe through your training experience? Anybody who uh, is involved in medical research uh, understands and is involved with the journal process, not necessarily the New England Journal, but... uh, to have a successful research program means that you publish and you bring your information to other people. In the publication process involves creating a manuscript, submitting it for publication, having it vetted by a journal, uh, and then if accepted, revised, and finally published. So as you're a successful researcher, you usually have the opportunity to review manuscripts And as you've had an opportunity to review manuscripts, sometimes the opportunity comes up to be a member of an editorial board or an associate editor. So I was an associate editor of the Journal of Clinical Investigation in the mid-'80s for the major pulmonary journals in the late-'80s and into the early-'90s. And I enjoyed that process of taking articles in, reading them, getting them reviewed, uh, making decisions based on their content, and my assessment and the assessment of other editors about how interesting and useful this piece of information would be to others who are trying to pursue generally the same area of either research or clinical investigation, clinical practice. Uh, So when this job opened up in late 1999, it was something I liked to do, and my own research was going really well at that point. But I said, this would be something fun to do if I had the opportunity. So I applied, and I got the job, and I've been here since 2000. No, but this is, this is a little bit of a change for you in, in the sense that, you know, you're, as you're still practicing as a critical care physician, pulmonary physician, 
And your work in literature previously was in specialized journals in that field. But the New England Journal of Medicine is uh, it's all of medicine. Yes, uh, but I had published in the New England Journal of Medicine uh, prior to taking this job. Uh, and I had an interest in general medicine. Uh, although, uh, if we think about what's happening in the hospital these days, a lot of hospital care is intensive care. And so as an intensive care specialist, I think I can connect with that. Uh, and then I see outpatients with uh, common outpatient disease, asthma. Uh, and I think I can connect with physicians that see people in the outpatient area. So, Jeff, you, 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 know, you mentioned something interesting, that the journal, you came to it initially through your own research and your uh, interest in, in publishing research and reviewing research. But you, you did mention that it also is interesting to readers who are looking for clinical knowledge and, and uh, how to improve or practice better medicine. How do you see those two working together in the journal? Well, that's exactly what you need. For the clinician who wants to do the best job possible, he or she needs to be up with what's new. They need to decide whether they think it's relevant to their practice. And for that, they need well-written articles that describe the new research and its findings and the implications toward clinical practice. About 10 times a year, we'll publish a paper that changes clinical practice. Uh, In 2014, we changed the practice of treating hepatitis C. In 2015, we've changed the way stroke is treated. Acute stroke is now treated with not only thrombolytics, but with retrieval of clot. Um, And we're making a difference in terms of the functional outcome of patients with this terrible disease. So we provide information written so that clinicians can make it as part of their decision-making process, use that information, decide what to do, help their patients. It's all about delivering higher quality patient care to people who are suffering from disease. I think that that's incredibly important part of the medical world and the way the way that we learn medicine as well. But I want to take a step back. This this sounds, you know, you're describing the situation where people, you know, maybe a, a decade or two ago are reading are getting all these journals, they're reading the journals, they're getting both research and clinical, they're putting it into use. But I feel like, and this may just be the young young trainee in me, that things have changed so much in the world, uh, in the world of communication, in the world of medicine, with, uh, with all kinds of new forms of communication. How do you see the journal, which initially was just a paper and print publication, adapting to this world and, and making use of everything we can do now? Uh, the journal was founded in 1812, and at that point... Uh, for $3 a year, you could get four issues delivered on horseback. Uh, in the mid-1860s, they started delivering it by train. Uh, in the early to mid-1900s, it was delivered by airplane. In the late 1900s, 1995, we started uh, the website. We were the second medical journal in the world to have a website. We're communicating information The means of communication will vary over time as we want to find the best and most important means of communication at that time. We're in a transition. Older people just read print. Uh, Younger people use their print edition as a coaster to put their coffee on while they're reading it on their phones. Uh, But there's also a difference in the way information is accessed. In the mid 70s, when I was a medical student, you had to read and keep things in your memory bank and retrieve them when you had a question to answer. 
or you had to spend a half a day in the library looking up the answer. Now with electronic databases and indexing, you can get this information in milliseconds or microseconds. So much of the information seeking behavior of young physicians is trying to answer a question. So if you type in a query and you get 10 responses, one of them may be an up-to-date summary. That's a summary of a summary. But if you really want to understand it, there's an article in the New England Journal of Medicine. You can rest assured that the editors have taken the time to edit it carefully, that the people aren't making claims that aren't supportable, that the language is clear so you can understand what was done, and the implications to patient care will probably be either de novo obvious or made obvious by an editorialist, which would be in the same issue. So we understand that people's information-seeking behavior has changed, and the way they get information has changed. But our job as an information source is to help them. There's so much information out on the web now, most of which is either wrong or misleading. When they see something with a New England Journal brand, they can trust it. We are the most trusted medical information source in the world, and we work hard at that. Now, you mentioned when we see the New England Journal brand on something, you didn't say when you read the New England Journal. So there's more to it than just the, paper, the actual journal now, isn't there? Well, when we started the website in 1995, there was less on the website than there was in the paper journal. About the time I took over in 2000, mostly everything in the paper journal was on the website. And then we started putting things on the website you couldn't put in a paper journal. You can't put an audio clip or a video clip in a journal, and we started doing that, doing audio and video. We started interactive cases. So we've, as the communication vehicles have changed, we've said, how can we use this to our advantage to make better communication for people that are trying to understand a medical condition and to use it to our full advantage? And when we can't do it on print, but we can do it electronically, we'll do it that way. Jeff, thank you so much for talking to us about the journal. It's, it's great to hear about how the journal has adapted over time and how it has so much to offer to, to physicians, clinicians, and researchers right now uh, in, I think, really almost equal measures and, and in a very applicable way. Um, we appreciate having you on the show. Glad to be here. That was host Dr. Lakshman Swamy, Chief Medical Resident at Boston Medical Center, speaking with Dr. Jeffrey Drazen, editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. To learn more about the journal and explore all the newest features available to physicians and physicians in training, check out NEJM.org. You can also download previous installments in this series, as well as podcasts of all previous Radio Rounds episodes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds or visit RadioRounds.org. In addition, you can contact our team via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All of that information at radiorounds.org. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. Sponsored by the American Medical Association. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. Of course, please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, and have a great week. From our entire staff here at Radio Rounds, I'm Eddie Briarcheck, and one day, I'll be your doctor.